I'm Jessica Dizel. I'm here with Peace Officer Trevor LeDuc. Uh, we're going to be talking about what it's like to be a peace officer. Uh, so, uh, Trevor, would you be able to give me um, kind of like a summary of like why you got in, well, why you are interested in in this line of work to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, initially, I was uh, come from a very blue collar background and I was doing a lot of trade work and I'd been laid off. And so I thought about going forward in a career where something with job security. So um, law enforcement grabbed my attention. And uh, I then actually enrolled at Mount Royal and took their criminal justice program and did the four-year degree there. And uh, then did a bunch of private investigations, some loss prevention. And then I actually began my real law enforcement career with the Alberta Sheriff's Branch. Uh, I've born and raised in Calgary. I worked up in Hinton and Jasper for three years and I wanted to get back south. And I saw a position in Okotoks as a community peace officer, which really interested me. I applied and it all worked out. Here I am. That oh. is so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. So how long have you been um, working in Okotoks then? I started in Okotoks on May 2nd of 2019. So how do you like Okotoks? I love it here. It's awesome. It's that perfect mix of small town, but it's still a city with the population growing here. Um, something that was interesting enough for me being three years in Hinton where it's only 9,000 people coming back to Calgary was a lot to handle initially going from small to big. Uh, so I find Oaks Hope strikes that perfect balance for me. And uh, it's just the right size in between getting to be a big city, I guess you could call it. Um, but I would definitely call Oktoks a small town anymore. So can you yeah. tell me a little bit about um, what it's like on an average day um, for you as a peace officer in Okotoks? Absolutely. I was actually, sorry, one thing I was going to tell you to loop back on when you're asking me about law enforcement. When I completed uh, my law enforcement degree in 2013, you have to do a 300-hour practicum. And I actually, when I was a student at Mount Royal, I did my 300 hours as a bylaw officer in Okotoks and just how it came full circles, really random, because I now actually run the Mount Royal practicum student and I bring bylaw students out here. It's really weird how it worked out full circle like that. That is so cool. That's awesome. That's really neat. Definitely random, but awesome. So as a peace officer in the town of Oktoks, um, a lot of the challenges we deal with is trying to get people to comply with the town bylaws, as well as just not even the town people, commuters who come through um, Oktoks from Calgary, Black Diamond and Turner Valley. Provincial speed limits are everywhere, and there's rules of the road provincially, but um, a lot of people coming through Oktoks from Calgary tend to pedal to the floor or disobey. A lot of people always talk about our um, intersections and nobody ever stops for the red lights in the town. Everybody sees yellow and they accelerate, which we all know is wrong. Um, But challenges that I face a lot of, we definitely um, deal with a lot of verbal harassment from the general public. Um, 
I think what people don't realize is we're not personally coming to tell you to cut your weeds down or mow your grass because I, I don't live there. It's I don't see it every day. I'm there because somebody called you and it's a bylaw and we have a job to do. And I think a lot of people take our presence personal. Like they assume that like we were the ones that came in and like deemed that vehicle abandoned. But a lot of it is we're there because your neighbor called in a complaint and then it gets to their transgression gets taken out towards us, um, which is fine. It's all part of the job. I know it comes with the territory and you learn to deal with it. A lot of times I just try to put a spin on it. And I actually, myself, I leave a lot of people in a better mood than it starts off very negative, but I can end it on a positive, uh, which is good. Um, but I think a big problem in Oak Tokes is people just don't talk to their neighbors. Now, a lot of things could be avoided if people would just talk with each other and not turn to the internet and harass each other. <laughs> it's just, it's real interesting. Like on a daily, like I said today, I've started my shift today at 10 AM. Um, it's now maybe 4 PM. I've already caught um, a person doing 86 in the 50 zone on Big Rock. I had another person doing 78 in the 50 zone on Big Rock. And then in front of Holy Trinity High School, I had a vehicle doing 77 in the 50 zone. And just a bit farther down on 32nd at Crystal Shores Road, I had a vehicle doing 72 in the 50 zone. And that's, again, I started at 10 a.m. And that's four vehicles all doing 20 kilometers over the speed limit, 186 in a 50, that's 36 over in a 50 zone, like high rates of speed that are pretty eye-opening, especially when we've had so many accidents on Big Rock. And that's just the provincial and traffic side of it. Again, starting shift at 10 a.m. today, I've had seven bylaw files called in as well, ranging from nuisance and unsightly properties, neighbors, dogs barking, an abandoned automobile, and uh, also some developmental, just some empty lots where weeds are growing. And another one, a person's just renovating their house, but their neighbor called them in because the bin's too full. <laughs> and then I have to go talk to all these people. Yikes. Oh my, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I still got to be on to 10 o'clock tonight. <laughs> so oh, we'll wow. see. Yeah. That's so, a long time. Yeah. So if you think about it right there, that's already um, between 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's 11 interactions with people and not they're not really positive interactions to be. I mean, they're positive in one when I call the complainants back that their problem's been resolved. They're happy. But if you're subject of the complaint, Usually you're not happy when we show up to your doorstep. Yeah, no, I can't imagine they would be. That would be <laughs> a very fun part of the job. <laughs> yeah, no. What are some of like the more dangerous things that you face as a peace officer? Uh, I'd say for Oak Tokes peace officer, the most dangerous part of our job is your general generic traffic stop. Um, you don't know what's going on in that person's vehicle. You don't know what kind of day they had. You don't know what they have in that vehicle. 
Um, and a lot of times the minute they roll their window down, you're instantly greeted with hostility. Um, I'd say the traffic stop is our absolutely the most dangerous part of our job just due to unpredictability. And then as it get more later in the evening, obviously visibility um, becomes a big factor there. And not only then are you susceptible to danger of the actual traffic stop and the person in that vehicle, you need to be concerned about the other drivers. We wear, um, we have reflective lines on our pants and um, we have our high visibility vests. Um, But so many people drive distracted and have other things going on. Just standing roadside can be very dangerous. I'd say the other dangerous part of our job here in Oak Tokes particularly would be more reflected in the evenings, but can be during the daytime. Um, when we do river Valley patrols, um, a lot of our teenagers and youth have turned to hanging out and drinking in amongst the sheep river Valley. there, kind of beyond the Frisbee golfs and on the other side, but it's not even always the youth and teenagers um, on these hot days. A lot of people go and drink by the river Um, So sometimes when you're by yourself and you have to approach a group of seven to 10 people, anywhere from say 16 to 30, it's just one person to seven to 10, sometimes intoxicated people. And you have to give them bad news of you're either taking the booze or have them pour out the booze or they're going to get tickets. It can definitely be very dangerous and intimidating, but it's one of those that comes with the territory of the job and you just, um, build up the courage and confidence over time to go do that. And uh, we usually, we have a Mountie radio just in case if something does escalate. Um, And myself personally, I'd like to build good camaraderie with the Mounties. We've got a lot of friends over there. So in case of emergency, you have a good working relationship and just friendship with them too. So you get a quicker response. Yeah, that's definitely good to have, especially in those kind of situations. That's a little wild. So I'm curious, I've been told different things. Are you guys, as peace officers, are you armed in any way? So as a peace officer, we don't carry firearms. Um, By us not carrying firearms, we come off as less intimidating to the general public. Um, A lot of people are really intimidated by the sidearm. Um, We do carry a baton and we do carry pepper spray on us. Um, But those would be the only two technical weapons. Um, Thankfully, in two years in Oktoks, I've never had to deploy either of mine. I've been able to just verbally de-escalate situations with people. Yeah, that's wild. Does that ever make you nervous, not being able, like, not being armed? It was definitely a tricky transition because I carried a firearm for three years with the sheriff's branch. Um, So one, losing the weight of the gun off the hip was kind of an adjustment, but it, it is comforting knowing you have that with how dangerous the world's become and how unpredictable things have become. Um, it's definitely a little unnerving at times because one of the, there was a, I can't, I think it was approximately eight years ago. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but a peace officer was killed in Bray Creek and he was unarmed by an individual Um, so it's definitely something you keep in the back of your head, but you got to kind of keep that fear at bay because if you start thinking about those things, then 
you're not focused on your task at hand and that's when you kind of may make a complacent mistake. Yeah, that's wild. So how do you um, deal with that kind of stuff? Like the different, the, the risk factor, obviously, and then maybe like some like the harder stuff with your job. How do you personally like deal with that? And, uh, uh, personally, <laughs> yeah. Um, sounds silly, but knowing that I don't have a firearm, it's kind of a motivator to keep my physical fitness level very high. Um, my coming from a background in the sheriffs, um, where I dealt with people in jail and corrections, they don't miss a workout ever. They're in their cell. So I figure I can't miss a workout. So when I'm dealing with the general public, a lot of times people don't go to the gym or maintain their cardio. So I figure if I keep myself physically fit that way, um, in those situations, I'll know I'll be able to handle myself to the point that I can at least re- use my radio for backup or try to access my tools. Um, but a lot of times if you encounter something of firearm, you just disengage back out, get back to your vehicle. Um, but yeah, I, I like to try, we do annual training here with the officers amongst each other that just general knife defense courses, um, in case you encounter that situation how to block different knife strikes. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is just your own accountability of going to the gym or taking on the odd boxing lesson or anything like that. I also, again, with the keeping yourself fit, I play men's league fitness or men's league, men's league hockey still just uh, in a recreation league. And that's where I take a lot of my stress. I find is I still that competitiveness and just being involved in a team outside of work and you can have the locker room banter and just fun with your friends. And that's how I cope with a lot of on a stressful day is I'll either go to the gym, get a really good workout in, or I'll go to hockey, burn off some energy there and stress. And yeah. And, and then just general talking with friends and family about stuff. Don't let things don't hold it in and let things eat you up. That would be the worst thing you can do at this job. Yeah, no kidding. So is there like certain rules you guys have to follow, like where you can't talk about certain like work stuff with people outside of the office or is it like, is there like issues with that? Um, The only time where you wouldn't talk about stuff with other people outside of the office, you can absolutely talk about situational stuff but just on terms of a FOIP standard, which most people are aware of is that no names, no numbers, no date of birth or address, just kind of talk about something generically. Just as an example, me talking with you say today, I stopped a vehicle on big rock trail around two in the afternoon doing 86 and a 50 zone. It was a female driver of a black truck and just like that for any other situation, right? I, I could have that conversation and you're, you don't know who that person is and I'm not throwing that person under the bus to you or jeopardizing my job, but we could still have banter and talk about them. Absolutely. That's good that you guys are able to do that for sure. Cause uh, I would definitely see that there'd be a lot of stressful situations that you'd need to. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <deal> <laughs> take care of each other for sure. Uh, and even if it comes to 
someone myself, I like just the camaraderie part of it. I'll, I'll absolutely be one of the first to, Hey, I'll host a barbecue, come over off duty, have a couple drinks, barbecue, some burgers and just chat. And that gives you time to check in on not only your coworkers, but your friends, right. And everybody you can, you know, when someone's off, once you get to know them, you can, Hey, just seem a little upset today. Is anything going on? Just simple as that is asking someone, how's it going and letting them, talk to you can make their day or change their day yeah that's that's really cool you guys have that camaraderie uh so maybe a little bit more on that like what is it like for you guys um just like in the office obviously at work but then obviously outside the office how do you guys um maintain that camaraderie and whatnot um throughout the weeks and the months that you guys are working yeah it actually which probably to your guys surprise it's tough in the office because um, one guy would work 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And the other guy who is his partner is 12 p.m. Uh, till 12 a.m. So you only have a little bit of time where you overlap. So a lot of this job, you are independent. You are in your car. Kind of uh, you'd overlap sometime in the office together. Um, so it really does come down to that camaraderie outside of the office or on the off days. Which And then when you're kind of not with each other, keeping part with just text messaging each other, funny pictures, talking. Um, my partner, me and him would share same off days. So on our off days, we like to decompress and we'll go fishing together. And that way, just getting out of town, getting out on the boat, something about the fresh air and just that nice calm water. It does something for you. And then it's always a bonus if you catch some stuff too, but yeah, a couple of little co-workers here. We go fishing together. Um, a couple of the other co-workers, myself included. Uh, it sounds silly. We're all obviously older, but you get all, go online and we'll play some Call of Duty or something together. And then you can all just talk through the headsets, make fun of each other, whatever. Just that typical mentality, right? It's all good fun, but um, it's kind of you just have sometimes when you do the fun activities, you have the rule like no work talk and just like be friends and talk about things not at work and those really help doing that get together yeah that's smart that's uh that's a good way to go for sure that's really cool yeah there's nothing worse than you spend 12 hours on shift and then when you get off work to hang out with someone all they want to do is talk about work and it's like oh my god i just did 12 hours i don't want to talk about it for two more Right. Yeah. No kidding. That would be, yeah, I totally understand that. So what's it like working 12 hour shifts? Like that's gotta be kind of uh, tough sometimes, eh? 12 hour shifts can definitely take their toll on you. Um, it's nice cause you obviously would work. Um, what we do is you work two on, you get two off and you work three on and you get three off, but it's definitely work-life balance. is very challenging. There's an, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. At least when you get off at 6 p.m., you still have your evening. However, you don't want to be out too late because you're usually going to be an alarm going off at 5 a.m. Um, and then 12 p.m. to 12 a.m., um, you usually have your morning. You can have a nice breakfast, get a good workout in. Myself, I take my dogs for a walk. Um, but then I'm right to work. And then when I'm getting off at midnight, you got to have that decompression time watch a little TSN and unwind and then you're going to bed at 1am. So on work days, 
you, you don't really have much of a life going on other than work, but then you have those full days off and more of them, which are nice. Um, but it can be challenging on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three 12 hour shifts. Your Monday's typically a write off. You just want to be a zombie at home. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. That sounds a little brutal. <laughs> be long that's for sure <laughs> oh definitely so you said you had dogs how many dogs do you have i have two dogs myself yeah i have a yorkie shih tzu cross and i have a pure red yorkie that's so cool i'm a huge fan of dogs but i don't have any dogs so i always ask about people's yeah. dogs <laughs> i love dogs i've been around them my whole life if I was rich, I'd have a little like farm where I could have as many dogs as possible. That would be awesome. That would be definitely awesome. <laughs> Another thing we deal with lots is trying to make sure people actually license their dogs as much as we all love our dogs. If they're not licensed when they get out and are loose, we have no way of identifying the dog. So that's something I kind of advocate to people is either get your dog chipped or license your dog with the town so we don't have to take it to High River or somewhere else that we can return your dog. We all love our dogs, right? So, yeah, that's kind of also, I guess, one other fun thing with the job I do love is when I find people's dogs that get a little hangout. Nothing better than pet therapy. No kidding. I've been puppy deprived, so <laughs> I'm going to need to find myself some dogs sometime here. There you go. <laughs> oh, so maybe could you just like kind of summarize um, why you love your job and um, what it means to you to be able to work this kind of a job? Absolutely. Um, I love my job and I enjoy coming into work every day. As much as there's a lot of adversity, um, you're still helping people. And that's the biggest thing. Um, I know people don't always talk to their neighbors or get along, but I'm still solving someone's problem, even though the other person may get upset with it. Um, something that I hold close to me is traffic safety. I, I really want our roads to be safe. I think something people would maybe get a better understanding of our job if they had to come actually attend motor vehicle collisions. As much as people get very upset, and freak out on us when you get a ticket for being on your cell phone. It's very satisfying to get somebody on their cell phone because it's one potential less accident. And if people saw the damage and things that occur from doing 20 and 30 over the speed limit or driving on their phones or trying to catch that light, I think a lot of people's attitude and demeanors towards us and the way our job is handled would change if they got to see that. Um, so I really like that I can come keep people safe by doing traffic safety act and use of highway. Um, and coming to the office, being with the Mounties, being around the firefighters, being around the other peace officers, it's a good little family. We're all very supportive of one another. That's something, I mean, a lot of offices and a lot of workspaces, people can find things toxic um, we do a really good job of picking each other up here, um, which is awesome. And we all get along, makes for really good friendship. So that's definitely a big perk to the job. And then again, I live in Calgary, but I love coming to Oak Tokes. I love a lot of the small businesses here. Um, 
it's just, it's that perfect balance of not quite getting to a city, but not small town. It's that perfect medium for me. And I really like that about this place. And I just love being around the dog stadium and sports. I think it's awesome. I'm very supportive of the teenagers and their athletics and everything. Definitely try to encourage them any chance I can. So um, for you personally, I know you mentioned briefly like collisions and stuff like that. Um, yeah. which obviously, as, as a reporter now, I'm at a lot of those. Uh, how do you personally, like when you are at a collision and, or it's like, it's been really bad. I don't know if you've been in any like fatals or anything like that, um, probably. But how do you yeah. deal with like the, the stress and just like the, the emotions that you feel personally just having to work? Like obviously you're on work, but how do you yeah. personally deal with um, that kind of stuff? Um, it's challenging, still kind of, I guess, developing a strategy, how to handle and deal with those things. Um, I have been to, I've been here in Oak Tokes now for two years and I have been to two fatalities. Um, sometimes the fatalities sometimes aren't even the worst ones though. And you see the chaos of an accident involving children and families those are almost worse than fatalities myself. Um, at the time, obviously, I'm on work and I have a job to do. So you have that mentality. You have to stay calm. You can't panic. You have to help everybody else who's mostly in shock. But just the chaos, you don't want to add to the chaos. Um, with time, you definitely develop that. Um, and sorry. Just like that, another complaint comes in. There you go. <laughs> Can't even escape them. Right. <laughs> Found up the total of the 12 public interactions and eight complaints. And we're still got to go till 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to have a long list by the end of today. <laughs> yeah. It would, well, that's one thing. I wish we had more help here, honestly. Uh, it'd be nice to have some additional officers because there's so much. This town is growing. And there's a lot of upset people um, complaining about things always. <laughs> In summary, what are like a, a, a condensed list of what you would say the majority of the calls that you face are about? Uh, so I'd have to give you a summer and a winter, I would say, because it definitely varies. In the summertime, I would say a large amount of our calls are animals not being adequately provided for in terms of hot dogs we call them just people leaving their dogs in the cars at walmart and costco that's definitely one of our number one calls um number two would probably be nuisance and unsightly in the summertime people are always calling in that their neighbor's grass is too long or their neighbor hasn't pulled weeds or their neighbor has some thistles and the thistles need to go. And the third one in the summer, people are always calling in their neighbor's um, trailers, whether they've been left on the driveway for a period longer than 72 hours, or if their neighbors have their trailers on the roadway unhitched. So many of those calls. Um, in the winter time, I'd say we face a lot of abandoned automobile calls because it becomes more obvious when a vehicle's buried under a bunch of snow that it hasn't moved for a while. Um, number two in the winter time, 
always, always tons of calls about snowy and icy sidewalks, people not shoveling them or salting them. And that those actually get to be very dangerous, especially around the schools, because you get a lot of kids slipping and falling and concerned parents. Um, and then I guess that's two for the winter, just general um, traffic parking of people blocking stop signs, fire hydrants, and year-round barking dogs as well. Neighbors are always complaining about their neighbor's dogs barking constantly. Sheesh, oh my. <laughs> yeah. It's a dog, people. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I'll say no more. <laughs> right? And then noise violations, they're always, whether it's people partying all the way ranging to construction workers or roofers doing stuff, disturbing neighbors. It's, it's such, there's, honestly, you could talk all day at the varying bylaws we encounter wild but in a summary your job is is mainly traffic enforcement and then also bylaw enforcement basically right yeah we're so a lot of people refer to us as the bylaw guys but we we are peace officers um we are community peace officers our job is to take care of the community of okotoks um and we do actually have bylaw officers uh which people may not know peace officers we, we have we wear gray and we have a gray stripe. There's actual bylaw officers here in Oak Oaks and they wear entirety of navy blue and they will not have a stripe on their pants. And you'll see them a lot of times just doing foot patrols and riding bikes in the uh, Sheep River Valley. Okay, so what are the main differences between like, say, your role as a peace officer, the bylaw officer's role and like the yeah. RCMP guys? Like, what's the difference? <laughs> That's that's where a lot of confusion comes from that people don't understand. And I think what breeds from the hostility towards peace officers is because they're like, oh, you're just the bylaw guys. But it's like, no, I'm a peace officer and I have provincial authority. Um, but my provincial authority is strictly for the town of Oaks. But with that provincial authority comes the Traffic Safety Act, use of highway, vehicle regulations, um, and then above us, you would go to the Mounties and the Mounties, the authorities they have that we don't, it's the Mounties deal with a lot of domestic violence. They have criminal authorities. Um, as a peace officer, if I find somebody committing offense, I can arrest them, but I must surrender them to the RCMP right away. But I have full authority to deal with all traffic offenses, which I think a lot of people don't understand. Whereas the Navy blue, all Navy blue are bylaw officers. They are strictly bylaw and they can be the dog guys if people <laughs> refer to it as that. Um, but yeah, that's where I think a lot of the confusion is that people think the peace officers are bylaw officers, but there's actually three levels of enforcement within the town of Oak Oaks. And then not to be more confused, we have sheriffs who constantly pass through Oak Oaks. There's a commercial vehicle sheriff um i guess you just call it detachment in high river and uh a responsibility i have is a joint task force operator and i'll contact them to come say post up on northridge drive i might do stuff for speed and the vehicles i'm pulling over for speeding they can be looking for commercial vehicle infractions and then that's two separate agencies working together as well so yeah, there's a lot of agencies in Oak Tokes. 
That's wild. So but the bylaw guys, they only can deal with bylaw stuff, correct? Correct. Okay. Bylaw officers can only deal with bylaw and they must be within the municipality of Okotoks. Bylaw officers can only enforce the rules that town council passes. That makes sense. So is there certain restrictions to your area of enforcement then? Like as a peace officer? For me, it's um, the county or jurisdiction I've been hired in. So I'm a peace officer for the town of Okotoks, so I can do all my enforcement in the town of Okotoks. If I was requested assistance to the foothills, I could aid in foothills, or if Turner Valley wanted to bring us in. I have provincial authority, but it's not like, hey, I'm off duty and I'm home in Calgary that I can enforce stuff in Calgary. That is not the case. Uh, before I, before we end um, with that part, would you mind just like sharing just in summary, like um, any closing thoughts on what it's like to be a peace officer? Uh, I enjoy it. I would recommend it to people. It's an absolutely great entry position into law enforcement, or you can turn it into a career. Um, it really is what you make of it. Um, as much as people say you're the bylaw guy, you go with it, even though you are a peace officer and there are definitely diff- different tiers of law enforcement. Um, we don't just have municipal bylaw and federal RCMP here in Okotoks. As I mentioned, the sheriffs come through here. Us as peace officers, we all have provincial authorities. Um, now now I'm spinning off from your original question. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it was just kind of a summary of like a, a closing on what it's like to be a peace officer. That's all. Fair. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a good gig. I like it here. It, it really is what you make of it. And just as long as you maintain that positive outlook on things and don't take things personal from people, it's a good job. It's, People are going to get mad at you. It's inevitable. Um, People are going to yell at you, but it's my job to help educate people and just make them understand. And it's not always about punishing people. Like I said, it's education, right? Typically operate on like a three strike rule where we're going to have a conversation about it. Then I might have to put some pen to paper, but not necessarily a ticket. I might give you a warning. And then usually if we get on a first name basis, you're going to be getting a ticket. (laughs) Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, this was great talking to you about this. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, no problem. I I hope it's educational for some people as well. And also just makes people realize we're human. We're not robots. Just hand out tickets all day. Exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much. We appreciate what you do. So thank you. I appreciate that a lot. It's always nice to hear something good. (laughs) Usually it's negative all day. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Thank you very much for what you do to keep us all safe. That's awesome.